in our day, uh, many people who are religious are often uh, blamed for messing up things. That we, we uh, who are trying to follow our, our faith, we mess up the plans, the perfect plans of secular society. This is often the charge against us. Uh, if the current secular plans for society came to full fruition, we might ask ourselves, would that be a pleasant world to live in? Would it be a good thing? Religious people cling fiercely to our ideas and our beliefs, and we can seem like a problem to the secularists, the people who, who don't believe in God or don't follow God, at least in their everyday practice. We have a different uh, allegiance, right? Our, our, our souls belong to someone else. We're, we're given to something else. We don't unquestionably follow in uh, whatever is offered, especially if it contradicts or conflicts with our faith and what our faith demands. So national leaders who have a secular mindset can get frustrated with us, with religious people. We, we don't comply with their plans sometimes. And this is what we see today in our first reading from Maccabees. Antiochus was a Greek king. He's a sort of a descendant of um, Alexander the Great and his kingdom. So he's one of, one of the kings that followed afterwards. And he has a plan. He's offering a perfect world order, right? Everybody in my kingdom is just going to let go of their own religion and we'll all accept this one religion. And what a great plan. We'll all get together and this will be a great thing. So that's what he sees. He sees this mind of unity, harmony. We're all going to work together. It's going to be great. So you can see a little bit, maybe there's room for, okay, at least he's trying to organize things in a good way. At least he thinks he is. But the problem is, He's asking people to go against their religious beliefs. And then when people do resist, things get ugly real fast. He and his cronies were frustrated with what they saw in their, what they saw as the religious extremists who didn't comply. And so their tactics turned to violence in order to bring about compliance to the state religion. They figured people would be afraid to resist or if, or if they did resist, this pressure Dr. Bear would, would make them crumble and, and then everybody else would just kind of follow along with that. There were many people who truly did believe in God that did turn away, that did uh, apostatize, you might say, because of the force that was brought to bear. But others resisted. And when this, the story of Maccabees is sort of how that unfolds. So we see here, many of the Jews were convinced that their religious beliefs were worth fighting for, were worth dying for. And tragically, the secular leaders, Antiochus and company, failed to understand this. They failed to understand the position of the Jewish faithful. The only thing that they saw was their own perspective. They couldn't imagine that anyone would put, uh, put up a fight for their religion. And if they did, they figured, well, these people are the crazies, we should get rid of them or eradicate them. There's no question that religion can be a strong force for how people act. And that when these forces conflict with one another or with a secular society, it often results in a sharp struggle. However, if, if we don't have anything that is worth fighting for or dying for, we might ask ourselves, what kind of character am I if I don't have anything that would push me to resist? If I'm always like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll do that. Oh, sure. That sounds good, too. I'll do that. If we just go along with everything, right, then where's our convictions? Where's our, our purpose? What, what do we, where's our allegiance lie? 
Everything we despise and loathe in, in human nature is on display in a person who has no honor or allegiance or no faith in anything other than their own self-preservation, right? If you read the stories, the great books or uh, any kind of movie, the hero typically is someone who is worth, uh, willing to, to forgo all those things, right? Someone who's noble and honorable and faithful and self-sacrificing. But if we don't stand up for anything, we can't be any of those things. It comes down to what is real, what's true. Nobody is willing to die for what they don't believe in. Let's give a simple example. We have lots of bike trails in this area. Lots of people like to come up for biking, especially up in Crosby there in Ironton. There are different kinds of biking though, right? There's road biking and there's mountain biking. So if you think you're going to a road biking trip and you pack all your things and your bike and your whatever the things that you do. I don't, I'm not a biker, so. Um, but all those things, you bring them along and then you get there and there's no bike trail or the bike trail is like a mountain bike trail. You're kind of disappointed, aren't you? Like, I spent all this time getting ready for this trip. I thought I knew what I was getting myself into and here I come and it's not what I thought. What a disappointment, what a frustration. It's sort of like that old saying, if you bring a knife to a gunfight, you're gonna lose. You're just gonna lose, that's how it's gonna go. So don't bring that. You need to have good intel. What's the reality of the situation? What do I have here? What's before me? Otherwise, we're going to be disappointed. As Catholics, we're supposed to have a religious worldview. This is a very different thing than a secular worldview. One worldview is prepared for one reality, the other is prepared for a totally different one. We, know, we need to know which one's true, right? We need to follow which one is true, otherwise our tactics, everything we have, our choices, the kind of leaders we, we choose and vote for, the kind of people that we try to be is all going to be in the wrong direction. If our understanding of the objective is incorrect, our preparation and our choices to get there are going to be wrong as well. So there's no replacement for knowing what is true, what is the actual situation, reality. Reality doesn't care if we don't know it or believe it. It won't matter how well equipped we are or how prepared we are. If our basic assumptions are wrong, then it's all wrong. In the end, the only thing that matters is what is true. So if Catholicism is true, then living a secular worldview is a tragic way of living. If Catholicism is completely wrong, then maybe there are some benefits to a secular worldview that it offers us. But one thing's for sure, to be a Catholic or a Christian, while operating with a secular worldview or mindset, makes no sense. Not only do we miss out on the potential benefits of any secular worldview that we might live, but we certainly forfeit the promises of Christianity, which depends upon a life ordered to Christ and following Christ in everything. This lukewarm middle ground, which sometimes we follow, find ourselves falling into, which you know believes that Jesus is real, but doesn't completely follow him or doesn't completely give itself over to his teachings, that's the worst place to be. That's the worst place to operate from. It might feel like we're sort of hedging our bets, but actually, we're just standing between the two bus stops. And there's no buses that are going to stop there, right? Either Christianity is true, and we should go stand at that bus stop, or it's not, and we should go stand at the other one. But to stand in the middle and say, well, maybe I'll just run to the station that looks best at the moment. Not a good idea. Not a good place to go. 
Better to stand at one or the other. To use Pascal's wager, if you've heard that term, the opportunity cost of living a secular life is immense. If you're wrong in your choice of saying God is not real, the cost is infinite, right? Eternal damnation. On the other hand, if we believe in Christianity and it proves to be true, what do we gain? Everything. The, the, the gain is infinite. So at the end of the day, our religious convictions are worth fighting for. As Christians, that's what we should know and believe and have certainty of. Even if they bring us into conflict at times with secular society, or with other religions even, because the consequences of not doing so, of not standing up for our faith, not fighting for our faith, are to lose eternal life with God, which for us is the whole point. It's the whole point of living here in this life. Now, of course, we should be charitable. We should be uh, understanding that our role is not to uh, force others or, or be aggressive or something like that. But there's a way in which we have to stand by our convictions. We have to stand fast, especially when we are challenged. This is simply uh, the reality that we find ourselves in. At the end of the day, we have to stay with the Lord. Now, this whole idea that I've presented today is pretty simplified. There's a lot more nuances to all of these things. You know, how do we navigate these situations where we're being challenged? How do we live that out? But we should be convinced in our heart, at least, that it is worth my giving everything I have to resist evil, to live as a Catholic, as a Christian who follows Jesus and gives everything to Jesus, rather than this sort of middle ground, which does me no good. Suffice it to say, we cannot simply give way to the secular society or our religious beliefs. We can't just give them up. Because what's at stake is of greater value than our reputations, our material goods, or even our lives. Christ had it right. The resurrection of the dead is part of reality. It's just what is true. And because of this reality, it's worth sacrificing everything to attain and to forego any Eternal life in favor of a temporary, secular, focused life is a first-class tragedy.